Allah says, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ And among people, مَنْ هُوْ يَشْتَرِي He purchases, he buys. What does he buy? لَهْوَ الْحَدِيثِ Vain speech, amusement of speech. This is what he purchases. One group of people, what do they do? They take guidance from the Qur'an. They listen to Ahsan al-Hadith, the best speech. They benefit from it, and therefore they are successful in this world and in the next life. And then there are some other people who don't benefit from Ahsan al-Hadith. What is it that they spend their lives in? Lahwa al-Hadith. They're not on huda, they're not on guidance. What are they upon? Dalal, misguidance. So among people is the one who yashtari. Ishtira is to purchase, to take something in exchange for a price. Meaning you pay the price and then you get what you want. So yashtari, he's taking it by giving something in return. You understand? He's taking it not for free. He has to lose something in order to get it. He has to give something in order to take it. It's not a bonus. Lahwa al-hadith. But what is it that he's purchasing? What is it that he's taking? Lahwa al-hadith. Now what is lahwa al-hadith? Lahu means diversion, distraction. And al-hadith means speech. You see there's different types of speech. One type of speech, discourse, discussion, alright, whether it is in the form of poetry or in the form of a lecture, in the form of conversation, some kinds of hadith, speech in its literal sense, it is beneficial, it is useful, right? It is almost necessary, it is productive, because it's informing you, it's educating you, it's helping you, it's enlightening you. It's showing you what you should do, what you should not do. It's helping you make better decisions. Right? It is good hadith. Another type of hadith is that which is a distraction. Lahu. Because you see the word lahu, it means diversion. Okay? In the Quran we hear the word la'ib. Right? What does la'ib mean? Play. Alright? And la'ib is basically to do something aimlessly right to do something aimlessly meaning there's no actual gain you know that you're receiving at the end there's no actual benefit that you're receiving at the end you know for instance if you are coloring okay you're coloring it's an action that requires effort attention you know your mind you're choosing which color how much with how much pressure you understand it requires effort. Now if you're coloring for the purpose of a project which will be marked, no matter how much coloring it is, you say it's worth it. Isn't it? But then you see children coloring, you know, page after page, coloring on the walls, coloring on the couch, coloring on everything. What is that? La'ib. What are they going to get in return? Yes, they're getting some skills, right? But are they going to get any marks? Are they going to get any grades for a project? No. This is la'ib. Alright? Now, la'ib in itself, it's not necessarily, you know, something really bad. Okay? La'ib in itself, it's not necessarily something bad. It's kind of like part of life. 
You know, every action, if we start weighing every single action, what's in it for me? What do I get at the end? Then life would become very difficult. Isn't it? So yes, we have to be careful about what we do. But at the same time, we can't always analyze, super analyze every little action that we're doing. Should I put the glass over here or here? What's the benefit if I put it here? And what's the harm if I put it? No, you don't do that. You don't waste so much time thinking. Isn't it? But sometimes what happens is that la'ib, it stops you from doing what is necessary. Alright? These actions sometimes stop you, they distract you from doing what is essential. Like for example, if you are coloring the project, okay, and you're coloring so much, so much, so much, that you have no time left for actually writing out the words. If your entire focus is on the color scheme, on the design, on the background of the PPT that you're making, you understand? You spend so much time looking for the best background, best fonts, everything. What's gonna happen? It's distracting you from the actual presentation, isn't it? Has it ever happened with you? That you're wasting too much time on unnecessary details. Right? So then it doesn't just remain la'ib, it becomes what? Lahu. Because it's a distraction. It's a diversion. Alright? Yes. It's like in middle school when we were all told to use PowerPoint for the first time and we were just like figuring out the different functions. We would spend so much time on the animations that it would take away from the project. Trying one clip art after the other. You know? And then it's not just kids in middle school who do this. It's even adults who are working on some serious projects. But then what happens? They get so lost in the colors and the fonts and the sizes and the designs and the layout and the background that the actual content is not really given much focus, right? And if you think about it, if the content is put together properly, then what happens? The background? I mean, it matters, but it's not everything, right? So, lahwa al-hadith. What kind of hadith is this? What kind of speech? What kind of discourse is it? It is such that has become a distraction. Alright? So some people, they purchase lahu al-hadith, meaning lahu min al-hadith, such speech that is a distraction. Why? What's the purpose? لِيُضِلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِ In order to mislead others from the way of Allah. And when he's misleading others from the way of Allah, he's doing it how? بِغَيْرِ عِلْمٍ Without any knowledge. Meaning while being ignorant of the way of Allah. He doesn't even know the reality of سَبِيلِ Allah, And he's taking people away from the way of Allah. He doesn't even know the reality of لَهُوَ الْحَدِيثِ And he's calling people to لَهُوَ الْحَدِيثِ He doesn't even know the reality of what he's doing, misleading people, its consequences, and he's doing it without any knowledge. Because if he knew, he wouldn't do it. وَيَتَّخِذَهَا And he takes it huzuwa in mockery. Meaning the way of Allah, سَبِيلَ اللَّهِ يَتَّخِذَهَا ha refers to سَبِيلَ Allah. The way of Allah, the deen of Allah, the Qur'an, what does he do to it? Huzua. He just mocks at it. He takes it in ridicule. Ula'ika those, lahum for them, adabum muheen, a humiliating punishment. Why a humiliating punishment? Because they try to humiliate Allah's ayat. They make fun of them. They mislead people from them. They use lahwa al-hadith to distract people from Allah's kitab. So such people will have a humiliating punishment. 
Now there is a particular context to this ayah. Remember Surah Luqman is a Makki surah, revealed in the middle Meccan era. And the mushrikeen in Makkah, they had tried various strategies in order to stop the Prophet ﷺ from the da'wah. Right? And at the same time, they made various attempts to turn people away from the Prophet ﷺ as well. So they tried stopping the Prophet ﷺ and they also tried stopping people from going to the Prophet ﷺ. So they spread rumors, they spread lies about him, they threatened people from going to him. When the Prophet ﷺ recited the Qur'an, or he spoke to someone, or he prayed in the haram, the mushrikeen would make noise. So for example, in Surah Fusilat, Ayah 26, we learn, لا تسمعوا لهذا القرآن والغو فيه Don't listen to the Qur'an, make noise instead. Meaning each time the Prophet ﷺ starts reciting the Qur'an, start making noise. Make noise so that people don't hear. Drown his recitation with your noise. So they tried many things. Alright? Now in this, there was a man, his name was An-Nadr bin Harith. What was his name? An-Nadr. Noon, Dad. Not Dal, not Gha, but Dad. Noon, Dad. Nadr. Nadr bin Al-Harith. Now this man, he traveled to the lands of Faris, the lands of Persia. And basically he was a merchant, so he used to travel different places. And he returned to Mecca with singing girls. Okay, so he bought slaves from there and the skill that those slave women had was that they would sing and dance. Alright? And why did he do that? In order to hold gatherings of entertainment. Okay? In which not only would these girls sing and dance and entertain people and serve alcohol, but also stories of Rustum and the kings of you know Persia and, and all of that, their leaders, their their stories, they were narrated. Okay? Now this side of entertainment, this was something very new in Makkah. It was like the end thing. Right? Because the stories of the kings of Persia, they were unknown. It was foreign, right? Foreign. So anything foreign culture that comes in becomes a pop culture, what happens? Everybody's Interested in it. Everybody is attracted to it. Oh, this new thing. New thing. New singer. New movie. You understand? New thing. It distracts people. So this man, he did this. Why? His sole purpose was to mislead people from the way of Allah. So what would happen? Any person who was inclined to Islam, you know there is this thing about, oh, this man is sitting with Muhammad ﷺ, he's really getting affected by you know, the beliefs of the Muslims. Such people were invited to these gatherings or the singing girls were sent after him. Okay? And then they would entertain him, distract him, keep him busy. So basically the whole night he's having fun instead of being with the Prophet ﷺ, instead of listening to the Qur'an, he's listening to music and singing. Instead of listening to the stories and the examples that are given in the Qur'an, he's listening now to the stories of Rustum and you know the kings of Himyar and all of that. He's entertained by that. And then this man would be told, هَذَا خَيْرٌ مِمَّا يَدْعُوكَ إِلَيْهِ Muhammad ﷺ. This is better than what Muhammad ﷺ is calling you to. Isn't this more fun? Why go to a gathering of Qur'an? Isn't this more fun? This is more fun. Alright. This same man, also it is reported, that he would follow the Prophet ﷺ around. Nadr bin Harith would follow the Prophet ﷺ around. So the Prophet ﷺ, if he would recite a passage of the Qur'an, 
immediately after Nadar bin Harith, before the crowd would disperse, he would go and tell them the stories of Rustum and all of these foreign you know, stories that he had brought in. This form of entertainment that he had brought in. And then he would say, إِنَّ مُحَمَّدًا يُحَدِّثُكُمْ حَدِيثَ عَادٍ وَثَمُودٍ وَأَنَا أُحَدِّثُكُمْ حَدِيثَ رُسْتُمْ وَإِسْفَنْدِيَارٍ وَأَخْبَارُ الْأَكَاسِرَةِ That Muhammad wasallam he tells you the stories of Ad and Thamud, and I am telling you stories of Rustum, Isfandiyar, and the stories of the kings. I also have stories to tell. Now tell me, whose stories are better? Whose stories are more fun? Well, of course... One is very serious. The stories of Ad and Thamud, very serious. Right? You're shaken up from your sense of heedlessness and you're told to be more conscious about not just your beliefs, but your speech and your actions and your behavior. And on the other hand, there's a story that just lets you chill. That just makes you have fun. You know, just hear it. It's light. This is funny. There's things of the dunya mentioned in it. So then what do you think would happen. This tool, lahwal hadith, what was it? Lahwal hadith was a tool of distracting people from the Qur'an. It was a tool of distracting people from ahsan al-hadith, which Allah has revealed. What Allah has revealed, ahsan al-hadith, it is food for the heart. It is nutrition for the soul. It is life of the heart. It makes you more conscious, more aware, more careful about your speech, more productive in your life, more useful in your life. And lahwal hadith, what does that do? It just makes you sit, eat popcorn, and just watch, laugh a little, cry a little, turn it off, and go to sleep. Ahsan al-Hadith made you a better person. Lahu al-Hadith, when you bought it, when you took it, you had to give something. And what is it that you gave to get a part of Lahu al-Hadith? Your precious time. A part of your precious life. It's not just money that is given to get Lahu al-Hadith, right? Sometimes you do have to give money. You have to pay like $10 or something to buy a movie. Right? Or to rent a movie. Or you have to buy a ticket, you know, to go to the theaters, for example. Right? But it's not just money. It's actually, you're giving a part of your life. You're giving a major space of your brain. You understand? Because when you will listen to something, when you will watch something, is it not gonna stick in your head? Is it not gonna stay in your head? And when it's going to stay in your head, it's occupied a space in your mind, what's going to happen? It's going to affect your thoughts. So that you'll be in sujood. But instead of thinking about subhana rabbi al-a'la, you're thinking about what the characters were saying. Lahu al-hadith. Lahu al-hadith is a tool of misleading people from the way of Allah. It's a means of leading people in a state of such heedlessness that instead of following the way of Allah, what do they do? وَيَتَّخِذَهَا huzua. They make fun of the way of Allah. Hassan al-Basri, he said about lahu al-Hadith, he said, كُلُّ مَا شَغَلَكَ عَنْ عِبَادَةِ اللَّهِ وَذِكْرِهِ Everything that distracts you from the worship of Allah and His remembrance Something that is a diversion 
it's a distraction. It's not letting you fulfill the purpose of your life. And that is to worship Allah. It's distracting you from it. It's taking you away from the remembrance of Allah. And then he gave some examples. He said, مِنَ samari. Some of, basically when the Arabs would sit together at night time and tell stories. So spending the night in entertainment. وَالْأَضَاحِكْ Even jokes. Even jokes. Because if you think about it, for example, comedies. Really? Don't they distract us? Comedy shows, do they distract us? How long are they, if you think about it? And then what happens if you don't understand something, you rewind and you watch again, and you listen again, you ask somebody. And then sometimes you're in the middle of your work and you just remember some comedy show that you watched like really long ago and you wonder on YouTube if it's there, you know, a clip from that movie. And then you just find it and then you just have so much fun and then you forward it in a WhatsApp group in which there are a hundred people and then everybody watches and everybody has fun and some people criticize and some people forward it on. مِنَ السَّمَرِ وَالْأَضَاحِكِ وَالْخُرَافَاتِ Made up, fabricated, lies. Because many of such stories actually, what are they? Are they based on reality? No. Even reality TV is no more real. It's so fake, so fake, that the fakeness is so obvious. Right? So khurafat, it's all made up. Walghina and singing, singing songs. Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he said, By Allah, besides whom there is no other God. Walladhi la ilaha illahu. And he would say this three times. And then he would say, It is huwa al-ghina. What is lahu al-hadith? It is al-ghina, meaning singing and music. Singing and music. Because seriously, if there is a song, I'm not talking about necessarily a bad song, vulgar words, okay? Song, in general. When you hear it, do you repeat the words? Do you repeat them again and again? And then does that make you want to listen again? It does, right? So it is something that distracts us. Lahwal hadith. We learned that one of the companions, he said that singing and music makes hypocrisy grow in the heart like water makes plants grow. It feeds hypocrisy. Feeds. It fuels nifaq. Because what is hypocrisy? Lack of self-awareness. Losing yourself. Losing self-respect even. And this is what many times song and music does to a person. As Saadi said, this includes all manner of haram speech. Even lies. You know, lying to make people laugh. This is also lahwal hadith. All idle talk and falsehood. And all nonsense that encourages kufr and disobedience. Al-Qurtubi said, this ghina means that that song which moves the soul and incites to desires and disobedience and such songs that mention the beauty of women and it praises alcohol and all haram things. Lahwal hadith. It's a tool of misguidance. And notice over here, yashtari. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ yashtari. They buy it. They spend money on it. They purchase it, they download it, they rent it, they pay bills for it. Why is this disliked? Why is this being condemned over here? Because in essence, 
This whole culture, what does it do? It makes a person heedless. It kind of disconnects us from reality. I was reading this article in which the effects of music were mentioned. And one of the things was that it changes your ability to perceive time. When you're listening to music, it changes your ability to perceive time. Why do you think when you're put on hold, music is played? Well, seriously, why? Not news, not infomercials, right? Not anything like that. Music, why? Because it makes you lose sense of time. Isn't it? Has it ever happened that you listen to something and you're like, it's over? And you look at it? Forget about listening. YouTube, you know, mashallah. YouTube, you put it on, and then what happens? You watch the whole thing and you're like, oh my God, seven minutes? It was seven minutes long? Right? You're waiting, waiting for somebody, and then all of a sudden you see two hours have gone by, and what were you doing? Just watching one video clip after the other, after the other, after the other. It just makes you lose sense of time. And if you lose sense of time, you're losing sense of self. Because what are you? Your time. You have life, and life is time. If you're disconnected with your own reality, what are you going to do in your life? In a hadith we learn, over here I'm not going to go into the discussion of whether music is halal or haram. Whether singing is halal or haram. There is scholarly difference of opinion over this. And one hadith is sufficient for me at least. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, this is a hadith in Bukhari, from among my followers, there will be some people who will consider zina, the wearing of silk, the drinking of alcohol, and the use of musical instruments as lawful. They will consider it to be lawful. And if the Prophet ﷺ is saying that, what does it mean? That it is actually in reality, otherwise it is unlawful. They will consider it lawful. You see, the thing is, anything that's useful for us, that's beneficial for us, we've been told to do it. And anything that has more harm than benefit, we have been told to stay away from it. You see, singing, this is something very natural. Very natural. Okay? You see, little children even, they draw towards rhymes. They draw towards songs, which is why so many concepts that you want to teach children, how do you teach them? Through songs. Even the alphabet, so many things. Even the sound of different vowels, you teach them through songs. So many interesting songs are out there just for the purpose of education. Right? So in essence, I mean, singing in itself, singing, I'm not talking about music, I'm talking about singing. Singing in itself, it's not prohibited. It's not. In fact, remember Surah Al-Shura, I mentioned to you different verses of poetry that even the Prophet ﷺ said, or the Sahaba said, right? They recited poetry. And what is poetry but singing? It is singing. It's a form of expression. Right? And there's no harm in that. But what happens is that in Surah Al-Shura, we learned that which kind of shura are good? Those who remember Allah much. The problem is that when you get too much into this, it distracts you from the remembrance of Allah. Instead of saying tasbih of, you know, subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azim, you might be saying tasbih of something else. Honestly, that's what happens. Instead of saying alhamdulillah, subhanallah, Allahu akbar, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah, you're singing words of nasheed. Even nasheed. Right? Anything in excess is bad. 
And the problem with this culture is that it's addictive. Right? When it comes to watching one movie, what happens? Is there a second part to it? Is there another part to it? Well, there's another part that's out. Maybe I can go to the theaters. Maybe I should not go. You know what I mean? It's addictive. And you can't get it for free. You have to pay a price for it. Yashtari. This is being condemned over here. Because it makes a person heedless. The Prophet ﷺ said, two voices or two sounds are cursed in dunya and akhirah. Music and singing at the time of blessing. And secondly, wailing and screaming at the time of musibah. So at the time of blessing, like for example, wedding. There's a voice that's cursed. And what is that salt? It is the salt of music and singing. But it's amazing that if we have to celebrate also, we have to celebrate with music. Why music? Sing. Just sing. You know, use your words. Seriously. Why not? We go to extremes. Either we prohibit all forms of singing. We think even nasheed are bad. We look down on people who sing nasheed or who are nasheed artists. Right? Or we condemn it completely. Or we go to the other extreme of making everything permissible. There is a middle way, the correct way. Yes. Assalamu alaikum. What's helping me to not waste my time to not watch movie? I said to myself, in the day of Qiyamah, I have to watch my own movie. So I'm going to see myself watching movie or I'm going to see myself playing music. That will be embarrassing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because one of my friends, I remember she went wedding and she was dancing in a wedding with the music and the mixed men or everything. And then now alhamdulillah she wear hijab and everything. She told the, the, the people, please erase my picture. Nobody want to erase her picture. And she cried every time. And she said, I will see myself like that in the day of Qiyamah. So the same for us too. We will see ourselves like that in the day of Qiyamah if we keep listening to music and watching movies. So we have to be careful. You see, this man, Nadir bin Harith, was very clever. Okay, This is people's weakness, right? We get very easily distracted by these things. Has it ever happened that you go somewhere, somebody's watching a movie, and then you're like, what's going on? And then you're so affected by it that your heart is, you know, it's going to get out of your body or something, and you're, you just sit down, you're glued to it. You know, this weakness is within us. We get very easily distracted by this. Lawal hadith. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَن يَشْتَرِي لَهْوَ الْحَدِيثِ لِيُضِلَّ عَن سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ بِغَيْرِ عِلْمٍ وَيَتَّخِذَهَا هُزُوًا أُولَئِكَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ مُهِينٌ 